This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. That's not true. Empire is my favorite Star Wars movie. (laughs) And Willis. We'll see how my Wednesday went. Uh, It's very possible that I watched Air Force One and not Blonde. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode here. We have some interesting stuff to talk about this week. Yeah. Some controversial stuff, honestly, like a lot of controversial yeah. stuff for good reason. We're going to start out with some less controversial stuff, although there's some things that I want to bring up about this that might be controversial, but we're going to talk about the latest Star Wars show, Andor, and yes. what we think about it, and yeah, it's it's pretty exciting at this point. We're then going to talk about, of course, we have to, we've got to talk about Don't Worry Darling, because it premiered last week, there's been a lot of... Yeah criticisms and drama and we realize that they're kind of based on not much evidence and so we're going to talk about um some of that stuff today and then we're going to end it all off with the new Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix yes. miniseries and what kinds of like destructive qualities it might have and the true yeah. crime genre in total because it's becoming more of a thing and is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? We'll, we'll talk about it. Before we do that, I want to go over some of the weekly releases here because we've got a couple things coming out here. In the theaters, we have two major movies dropping on September 30th. The first one being Bros, the new Billy mm-hmm. Eichner comedy, which, like, is this the only comedy going to theaters this year? Like, right. I think so, minus, like, every Marvel movie, I guess. But, like, yeah. the true comedy and it looks funny, man. It looks funny. It looks... Uh, I love Billy Eichner. He's kind of playing against type here, not being like the crazy guy, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, Although it's worth looking up. He did do another uh, Billy on the Street promoing this. With Paul Rudd? With Paul yes. Rudd. Quite excellent. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Billy on the Street is, is just genius level stuff. Uh, the other movie that's coming out this week, which is weird because this feels like an early 2010s horror movie, but Smile. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the trailer for this? I have. Yeah, because it's everywhere. Um, it plays yeah. before every movie, and it's like all over YouTube and stuff like that. I am weirdly hyped for this movie because it freaks me out so much. And everyone I know yeah. who's seen the trailer, they're just like, I can't really watch this trailer because it's so creepy. And yeah. that's what's giving me a little bit of like, I kind of, I'm, I'm getting a little bit excited for this movie because, I mean, people are saying that. They're like, it's very jump scary, but it's also kind of unique in that way so i don't know it's a first time feature for this director as well so who knows yeah. you know and horror movies i did see you know. they were doing a uh, a promo for it where they were paying people to go stand behind home plate at baseball games yes and just smile like unblinkingly into the camera yes um <laughs> which like as a person who's worked in in baseball like yeah is hilarious to me yeah. um but I don't know, worth calling out that there there's some interesting some viral uh, marketing campaigns around this. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, I, I haven't seen like buzz around a movie like this in, in a while, even Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Um so interesting stuff. So that's it for theaters really. Uh for streaming, we got a couple things coming. We have a docu series about 
GameStop <laughs> called Eat the Rich, uh, the GameStop mm-hmm. saga, which is coming September 28th. Uh, and it's basically going to lay out, from what I understand, like everything that was happening with GameStop and the stocks yeah. and like how that stocks. was becoming a thing and like they basically saved it from like going under yeah. and then didn't really do much with it after that. So I don't know. I'll probably check this out. Seems interesting. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things. I feel like that will do well because yeah. I'm sure there's still massive followings on like the Reddit communities oh, yeah. and whatnot that it's like, oh my God, this is going to be great. Like, but you know, a hundred percent reactions that Reddit has kind of stuff. Right. And it was an interesting story. So, um, uh, we also have Welcome to Flatch, which was one of my top uh, TV shows yeah. for the year. Just most it's anticipated. A great show. And yeah, it's coming September 29th on Hulu and I'll be checking it out. It looks like one of those kind of like uncomfortable situational comedies about this town. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm into it. And who's uh, who is it that's joining um, in season two? There was like a big name attached. It was. Oh, God. Uh Jamie Presley. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's joining the cast as Barb Flatch. Yes. And the cast so. is already like Aya Cash and Sean William Scott, and it's it's good yeah. stuff. So, um, but yeah, so that's coming on the 29th. We also have two movies dropping. First one being yes. one we've talked about a couple times in the last week, Enter Galactic, which is Kid Cudi's new animated yeah. drama, which looks cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'll check it out. It's on Netflix. Did we decide? Is that a movie? I believe so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that's what I'm remembering. There was a whole thing we were it's like, like episode it's listed one. as season yeah. one, episode one, <laughs> right. but there's only there's only one. Yeah. So okay. I mean, maybe that's leaving it open for more stuff. I, who knows? But uh, yeah, yeah. Timothy Chalamet's in it. Let's check it out. Um, Keith David. Keith Vanessa David. Hudgens. Yep. That's true. Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens is in it as well. Uh, and the last thing that we have to mention on the 28th. <sighs> is Blonde. Andrew Dominic's uh, fictionalized... Long, long coming. Yes. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe. I don't know what you'd call this, really. Drama. I guess a drama, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think there's... It's not like a biopic or anything, really. It's kind of. It's like, it's it's based on a book that's based on her life. So, like, twice removed from reality kind of thing. (laughs) Right. Um, But... Man, am I psyched for this movie. Yes. Andrew Dominic, wonderful filmmaker. Ana de Armas, like a big favorite of both of ours. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I will be checking this out. I, again, I said this to you before the pod. I'm nervous to check this out because I know it's going to be really rough to watch, but I know that it's going to be really good. So It's like, I feel like, and maybe this isn't fair yet, but I feel like I've already filed it under like Requiem for a Dream kind of stuff yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. That like... I have to try and shed myself of that uh, before <laughs> going in because I don't want to be like, yeah, okay, here we go. And then like halfway through, I'm like, oh, I guess I can exhale. Like this is not like, right, you know, right. Um, so, so by next I'm week, so uh, <laughs> this is my most anticipated. Yeah. Next week's tuned in I, is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I will. I no doubt have watched this movie already. Yes. Yes. So. <sighs> crazy stuff yes um and so that's what's coming out this week guys and uh without further ado let's just head on into the main episode here so star wars has had a rough go of it i would say recently especially with their tv shows i think mando was the high point and it kind of wavers with quality uh well i mean so we've had 
Mando, Boba Fett, and Kenobi. Kenobi. Yes. That's like, you know, for what is it is only three shows. Yes, true, true. That is true. And now. And now Andor. And now we have Andor. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's, that's okay. Jump down your line. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> Trying to build uh, a dramatic moment. That's fine. Yeah. So Andor premiered last week with three episodes, which is interesting because yes. I think those episodes could easily have been like a movie. But I think that they were like, mm-hmm. we need to, we'll split this up so people don't feel like they have to do an hour sure. and a half. In I myself have only watched the first one. Yes. Yeah, so no spoilers here, so, really. I mean, yes. um, unless it's in the first Maybe episode. Maybe for the first. But, yeah. Um, but what are your thoughts? How are you feeling about this show having seen the first episode? I thus far am really, really on board with it. Yeah. I think it's a kind of Star Wars we haven't seen yeah. really before. The example i can give is after about 30 seconds i kind of forgot it was a star wars movie or show Mm -hmm. until the blaster went off in the alleyway Mm -hmm. and i was like oh brain recognizes that as a star wars sound effect yep this is star wars it felt to me way more like a blade runner show yes yes in the beginning it had that kind of like cyberpunk post-apocalyptic kind of thing which you know is pretty on point for a post republic like early empire kind of show where it's yeah. like oh yeah shit's going poorly yeah yeah i it, like i think it's making strides to stand apart from everything else we've gotten that star wars yes you know yeah which like kenobi very much not that <laughs> Very much. Kenobi was uh, Kenobi was one of the more fan servicey things. Now there was a lot of stuff I loved yeah. about Kenobi, but it was it was very much yeah. you know, and it was Star always going to be very fan service. A hundred percent, and even Boba um, Fett too. Well, yeah. Well, that's the interesting yeah. thing because I'm I'm sitting here. I'm going of those four shows that we're talking about. Yeah. The two good ones have been the ones that aren't really connected to the universe, right? And the two ones that people are like are the ones that are like, look, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, which I think kind of speak, and we'll see how you know the rest of the the, the situation with Andor goes. But sure, I think there's a lesson to be learned here. Yeah, I don't know where where what are you thinking of it? I'm in a very similar in, in a very similar boat. I mean, from just the beef, the first episode, from the first couple shots, I'm like, oh, there's something. They've put more time into this. Yeah, and I mean, this show was they began production in 2020, so two years ago. Um, yeah. And it shows, you know, they put the time in, they spent like eight months building the village basically in the, the practical sets. And it shows because like you said, I had the the exact same thought of like, this feels like Blade Runner when he's in like the brothel and he's mm-hmm. talking to like whoever was in there and the guards that are in there. And then like just the way that everything was, it was very intimate. Mm-hmm. And I think Star Wars, what people expect from it is just grand, like this big huge story about a planet destroying weapon that like all of these people have to go and fight and andor while it's leading up to that that's not what it's about it's about people it's about the situations that people like we haven't learned anything about it we haven't heard empire we haven't heard jedi we haven't heard any of these buzzwords that are normally sprinkled in throughout these shows to make people go oh it's star wars which is really working in its favor and i'm so in and most of it has to do with the writing to be honest because the writing yeah is so strong obviously it's tony gilroy who like look him up if you don't know who he is and and there's a very clear 
level of care that went into this because he went in he was just like i don't care about star wars i want to make a good show and i'm like yeah that is that the go. mentality like do we not need people like favreau and who are who, people who are like this has to be star wars you know and i like mando but you know when luke shows up there's things that i'm like yeah does this is this necessary mando season one yeah is is really the like oh yeah here's this, this guy yeah out in the world right you know, and uh, this very much has that same type of thing to it. And I will say it's it's interesting, like as I'm sitting about it, like it is there's very little mention of anything. But like there's still things there that as like a diehard Star Wars fan, like I pick up on him. I'm like, ooh, like the fact that he's dri- driving, the fact that he's piloting what is some variation on a Y-Wing. Mm-hmm. Things that I don't think about when I think about Star Wars. Never. You know what I mean? Never. Like, it's like sub, sub, sub shit. Like, you know, you yeah. hit 40 other kinds of ship you'd, you'd mentioned before you talk about why. Right. But I'm like, oh, like, is this world that he's going to be in? Like, are we going to find out, like, where the people that joined the rebellion who brought Y-Wings into the rebellion? Like, right. You know what I mean? And, like, same with, like, X-Wings and A-Wings and B-Wings. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that my brain goes Ooh, right. I'm more interested, like fan service delivering, but also like you're not getting cracked over the head with it. A hundred percent, which a lot of this stuff suffers from. And even the Marvel stuff, it's like they're trying to make you go, oh, like the Leo meme where he's pointing at the screen going like, oh, I know that like that's what they're trying to make everything like. And it cheapens it because everything is like that now. Like everything from from Disney is like that. So seeing a show like this is so refreshing. Um I gotta say, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor. I mean, I saw some discourse that people are like, he's so like stale, and I'm like, I don't see that at all. I think he's amazing. I think he's exactly what kind of yeah. character he should be. He's not Han Solo. He's not one of these characters yeah. that we know. He's a character that's very much his own thing, and you know it from the first episode for what he does. You're like, Solo yeah. wouldn't do something like this. Like this is this guy is on a yeah, different. Yeah, Solo level. would walk in and shoot up the whole brothel. Exactly. And, you know. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's just a different thing and that the stakes are more intimate. It's, it's just a show that feels more genuine. I think that's what it is. I wish everything else could be like this. Kenobi could have been like this, you know? Well, and it's 18 episodes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're giving themselves time. (laughs) And they've dropped three. Sure. But you know, are we going to get three a week? Who knows? You know, I, it's, we're still in its, it dropped Thursday, right? Uh, Wednesday. For this past Thursday? Last Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got three. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be less exciting if like, you know, they're dropping three every week in this yeah. last four. Like a month. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that wouldn't be as ideal. Um, But also it's three, like they are hour episodes or 40 minute episodes, yeah, you know. It's true. So. Yeah. And, I, and it, the other thing is like, even all the tertiary characters or like the secondary characters, they feel like they belong in this world. They don't feel like they're yeah. just shoehorned in or it's just someone just popping out going like, oh, Obi-Wan, you need to come over here. It's like these people feel like they're real people. And Tony Gilroy yeah. does that really well in his like work. And like he grounds them. Like people are are actually doing things. Like I, I, I don't even remember what happens in the first episode at this point. But well, the, the thing I'll point out that I think is what you're, you're aiming at is there's the little robot. Yeah. Um, the little like up and down robot dude. Yeah, beat you. Um, uh, clearly, I know all the names at this point. <laughs> the up and down robot. Uh, but he asks him is if he has the power reserves to lie, mm-hmm. 
which is a whole new complication for a droid. It's like, yeah. oh, like here's a larger subroutine that draws more power. Like, right. And this is like, it's like little details that like, like that, that are expanding this universe. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? As opposed to just like, we have this huge universe. Let's just like play in the sandbox. It's like, well, there's little things you can do here and there that are going to expand it out. Right. Now. And that stuff is more, is to me, it's more interesting. I have seen people that are like, there's nothing to grab onto. Like, where's the Republic? Mm-hmm. Where are the rebels? Where? And I'm like, that, are we not sick entirely? It's the same exact, basically it's the opposite of what they're saying when we get a Kenobi and people are like, oh, it's too much of Vader and too much of the stuff that we know. It's like, yeah. but that's what this is. This is just almost like a pedestrian level show that isn't trying to make itself more than it is and like trying to yeah. just throw in random stuff. Um, well, the thing that freaks me out about that is, you know, if you consider fan service, and this is a general estimation, but like if you consider the birth of fan service, like Iron Man, sure, you know, mm-hmm. that was 14 years ago. Yeah. There are 20 year olds who don't really have a concept of uh, an industry that isn't that. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, that's what a good movie is, is when it's fan service. You're right. Um, just cause that's all they've ever had. Yeah. It's wild. And like movies are those big yeah. tentpole movies. Imagine, imagine if Avengers came out when you were 10. Oh my God. You know, oh like, my God. and it's just like <laughs> everything you would ever want would be that. Right. And then every year you get something similar to that and you're yeah, like, and oh then it keeps God. going and then, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Which is why I'm like, I'm glad that people are responding well to this show. Because it shows that like there's a yeah. people still respect quality over a lot of other things, um, and I'm just excited to see where this goes. I'm I'm I was in on Rogue One. I'm very in on this. I love everybody who's involved, and I can't wait till you see the next two episodes because it gets yeah. really really awesome. Uh, and I do want to revisit Rogue One too. Me too. Me too. Maybe after this runs over. Like that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, do I go through this whole thing and then say, all right, now Rogue One, or am I gonna want it? No, like remember more of Rogue One. I don't know. At this point, I kind of want to just let this thing ride, and because I haven't seen Rogue One since it came out, I don't think. Yeah. So that's a good question. I don't know. It's at our fingertips right now, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't have to go very far. But yeah, and I just gotta say, the practical sets. I know that we've mm-hmm. praised the volume before, but it's really nice to see practical sets and practical everything. Like that just yep. feels it feels more grounded and real. Like when people are interacting with stuff, it's just, I don't know. It's something different. And I'm glad that they're doing that. So says the guy whose favorite star Wars movie is revenge of the Sith. <laughs> That's not true. Empire is my favorite star Wars movie. <laughs> sure. Okay, fine. So yeah, check out Andor. it's going to be on for, I mean, I think they have two seasons greenlit. So yeah, like, we're, we're going to be seeing this for Good. a while here. Give it, give me all of yes, it. Yes, Give me all of it. Um, Speaking of something that I was going to say that we don't want to get more of, but I I guess we could say that. So Don't Worry Darling has been a fiasco, to say the very least. Yes. In some regards, some people might say like this was the genius move to market it like this, to be like drum up hype. Because again, I was on I was there on a Thursday night and it was a sold out theater. So that's something. But there's been discourse surrounding the production of this movie for probably the last two, two, three months. Yeah. 
Um, and what we realized is it's really based on nothing. It's based on the fact that Florence Pugh didn't promote the movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's kind of all we had. Nobody has really said anything yet, but that's just what's going on. And so the buzz around this film has been like, it was negative. I mean, I'm part of the problem. It was negative before going into this film, you know, and it was one of those movies that I was really excited yeah. to see. And the fact that this type of thing doesn't always happen depending on the filmmaker. Yeah. Which is a big issue and it's a continuing issue because Olivia Wilde is a woman. She's a woman filmmaker. One of the only ones who's working at this level, to be honest, that that still gets projects made, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, not cool that she's the only one, but it's cool that she gets projects made. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um so I don't even know where to begin on this. It's, there's so much to well, talk about. <laughs> so I feel like to to give like a basis here, it's like yeah. so the Florence Pugh not promoting thing was like a tipping point. Yes. And it is fair to say that the whole experience at Venice was a cluster. It was a debacle, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, it was not a well done promotional tour for it, you know. And like I think people found out Florence Pugh wasn't going to do it. And then there was like a little bit of drama around casting and whatnot that mm -hmm. people could then latch onto. And then yeah. that like locked everybody into every little yeah. miniature thing that went wrong. But yeah, like so much of it is just like based on escalation. Yeah. Of like, here's like a little thing that happened. Let's talk about how terrible this movie is going to be. Right. Um, right. And like there are like there's questions around like the idea that um, the idea, the fact that uh, Olivia Wilde is like dating Harry Styles and like the casting and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but you're totally right. Like with with the uh, with it being a thing that like Olivia Wilde is a woman, like if you if this was a male director that, you know, put the young starlet that she would that he was dating in his movie no one would blink twice. That happens, that happens all the time. literally all like, the time. Yeah. So it's like there is there is something. There is a double standard going on here, which I think was the term that you had used. Yes. Off pod. Yeah. For sure. There is a double standard here. And I mean, I guess the big thing is that there are male filmmakers who have done worse. I mean, we were talking about David O. Russell off pod last week. Yeah. And I mean, he is a he is. I don't know the man. He seems like a He's not a crazy person. good person. Like he seems yeah. like a very, very, yeah, just not not an amazing person to be around. Like abusive in many different ways. Yeah. And I was telling you, I didn't even know that. Like I, I yeah. literally didn't even know that until I looked it up on Wikipedia, which is just goes to show that there's very clearly a double standard here when you have a movie where Olivia Wilde doesn't even seem like she was doing anything really wrong in this situation. Yeah. You know. She's trying to make a, the best of a situation. Exactly. And like maybe she was like being a little bit unprofessional. But if you hear the stuff that like even filmmakers like David Fincher or like if like let's go back to Stanley Kubrick like or or like, uh, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, like some of the stuff that they would do to their actors or like even Sam Raimi to some extent, it's like yeah. they're this is nothing like she really did nothing wrong from what yeah. we know. But yet this entire movie was dead on arrival. Like this entire, now people are liking it, but from a critic standpoint, people were like, yeah, 
this is going to be garbage. This person is a bad person. She's a bad filmmaker. Like all of this stuff shouldn't have been, you know, and while I do yeah. think it helped her in the long run of being it, making it like a more note, the notoriety went up, but it's not, it's pretty disgusting. It's pretty gross to like, look at this yeah. stuff, you know? And I think that was the point. It's like, it's just, can we not look at the double standard here? Like, can we not just yeah. like see how ridiculous Well, it's interesting this is? <laughs> to read some of the reviews that have come out for Don't Worry Darling. Yeah. Because some of them are genuine and, and great. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to cite anyone specifically, but some of them are clearly like, this movie's terrible because did you see what happened in Venice? Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's clearly some reviews that I've read that are just can't get past the negative publicity around it and are just like that movie is going to be terrible um let me just like rip it apart so i can be part of the conversation which right. is like bullshit it is it's, you know it's I mean? a lazy argument i mean yeah like i don't want to get on the whole like <laughs> movie review ethics conversation here sure. but like you know it it is it's it's dead on a now i haven't seen it you've seen it right i have seen it yes i i know we're going to talk about it on uh tuned in on Sunday, but yeah. what was your initial reaction to it? So I wasn't a huge fan for nothing to do with Olivia Wilde as a filmmaker. I mean, it was, this was one of my top five most anticipated for the year. Like she is one of like, in my opinion, was one of those filmmakers that I was excited about. Yeah. Cause she's good at yeah. what she does. So I, but I wasn't a big fan for a bunch of different reasons. None of which had to do with the drama surrounding it. You know, none of which had to do yeah. with anything to do with Florence Pugh or her. Like another thing was pitting these two women against each other yeah. when neither of them have come out and said anything, you know? Well, supposedly there was like, ha like a large screaming match that they had to like have a negotiation process and like reexamine uh, how much Pugh was going to be in the movie. Right. And how much she production. was going to promote it as well. Um, yeah. Which again. So like it wasn't without conflict, but like. No movie is without conflict. Exactly. In my recommendation today, I will be talking about yet another conflict, but we never hear about it. Like yeah. this was something that was highly publicized to the point of like basically no return for both of these people. Now, everyone yeah. is going to make it out of this unscathed. I don't think anyone's career is in danger. Yeah. This is totally fine. But it does paint a really weird picture of what's going on right now when there are filmmakers and we'll see when Amsterdam comes around and, and I've heard nothing about the production of Amsterdam and yeah. judging by what you know who David O. Russell is like there's it's not without some kind of strife well <laughs> with and with David O. Russell's like history and stuff like that uh, you know he, all of his movies that have had conflict they've always there's always been a statement out later that's like well you know it, he becomes very you know intense uh and like picks up the the um emotion of his film etc mm -hmm. etc et and I'm like I don't know, but all of those things that I've read come off as here is a statement that the studio has prepared for you about David O. Russell um, yep. and about how, you know, being a genius is that hard. Exactly. Uh, which is not at all what we're getting for Olivia Wilde. Now, I will say I wished this movie had been amazing because then there would be the discourse would stop. Like if this movie was a plus around like all across the board, yeah, the discourse would be nothing. But the but the fact that it's not a super strong film is just people keep piling on, yeah. And it's honestly like 
the drama was used as a selling point. I don't know if that was her plan to be like, this movie isn't exactly how I wanted it to be. And I don't think people are going to engage with it as well. So maybe this drama is going to help people go to the theater because it did. It, let's be honest. It, it People yeah. knew about this movie because of that. This is not a movie that I think everyone would have been like, oh, wow. Like a very, like, it's literally like a dystopian like sci-fi thriller. Yeah. And I don't think that's in everybody's wheelhouse. So it did help in that regard. But it just made me feel gross. Like, even though mm. I engaged with that discourse, it made me feel nasty being like, yeah, why have we not heard about these other people? And why are we not talking about these other people if this is such a big deal? If this kind of thing, where two people just had a disagreement on set, is this huge yeah. of a deal? Why aren't we hearing about the fact that Kubrick basically tortured Shelley Duvall on The Shining? Like, why don't we talk yeah. about that more? Why wasn't that something that was brought up, you know? Um, which just leads me to, like, sexism. You know, that's just... Yeah. That's just what it is. And the fact that people are talking about her and Harry Styles dating, it's like, who really cares? Like, in the end, yeah. like, it really doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with the movie. Like, yeah, he's in it, but who cares? Um, yeah. And if this movie had, we'll say if this whole situation had been with a male director or whatever, yeah. like, there'd be a conversation around, well, like, did you hear about all the bullshit that was on it? Like, that's probably why it suffered. Right. You know what I mean? Because like, right. Any movie that makes that has a director and a lead that are clashing mm -hmm. and like aren't getting what they want and has like production issues and has script issues and all that. Like, yeah, like that's probably not going to be a good movie. You know, I mean, like, you know, the, the production of this was really tough. Right. You know, it's no wonder that it's not the strongest movie. Right. The conversation is like, well, maybe you shouldn't have put your boyfriend in the movie. Right. Or maybe you should have been more fair to Florence Pugh. Or maybe you should have done all these things that have nothing yeah. to do with the real discussion here. And um, and again, it's all hearsay. People don't know. They're, they're probably never going to say what really happened, which is yeah. good, to be honest. Um, although, if there is like a documentary made about the making of this movie, I would watch it. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, it just sucks because... Regardless of what happens with this movie, it's going to make a ton of money. It already did. It made like 19 million at the box office domestically, weekend, yeah. which is good. Number one. Yeah, which is good. Number one, it's opening weekend. And I'm glad. I'm glad people are going to see this because I think that she has a lot to offer. It's just there was stuff that went wrong with this movie and it happens, but none of it has to do with anything that people are saying from what I can tell. And it just makes me yeah. feel weird about it. And uh, yeah, it's it's basically the double standard is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh. I do think it's like you're very right like nobody's career is going to be derailed by this mm -mm. you know mm -mm. Um, they all have other projects coming out this year anyway yeah I'm like <laughs> it It might be harder for Olivia Wilde to get her next project off the ground sure. but her next project is a Marvel property so yeah, like I think it should be okay yeah I think she's going to be fine and if this um, movie makes a hundred million dollars she'll be fine yeah there you go. again we talk about freaking Paul W.S. Anderson getting $200 million to make Resident Evil movies every year. <laughs> yeah. And it's just because they make money. It's not because they're yeah. good, you know? So, I don't know. I don't know. I I will say I don't have a lot of desire to see this movie. I, I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I'll be watching it when it comes to streaming. I know. Somewhere. I know. Yeah. I do want you to see it. I want to hear what I you will. think. Oh, I have no doubt that I will. Yeah. Like, there's no way I won't have the curiosity for it. But, yeah. but wait till streaming. Um, yeah, 
and speaking to th- about things that <laughs> recently came to streaming. Streaming. There you go. The new Evan Peters, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, I guess miniseries is what they're calling yeah. it. Um, that is following with the trend of like the Ted Bundy stuff with Zac Efron and all of these true crime stories that are just kind of popping up and being made into yeah. big things. And what we're talking about today is not whether if it's good or not. I haven't seen it. Have you? I have not, but my wife has watched the whole thing. Holy. Last night she finished it and she said, what are you doing right now? Because I want to watch this and I know you don't want to. (laughs) So I went and watched Andor. That's okay. Perfect. I got you. I got you. So we don't really know quality wise. We're not going to be talking about the show like that, but it's from what I hear. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And Evan Peters is amazing. He looks amazing. She made me watch a couple scenes and he is pretty incredible. Yeah. But he's good. I mean, he's a really, really talented actor. And I think um, it'll be good for his career. But at the same time, there's been, and this only just recently came to my attention, there's been some negative backlash to these types of projects because they really don't. Like they're not thoughtful when it comes to the victims or the victims' families or the people that have been affected by this because, I mean, this, I don't know, Dahmer was, what, the 80s, 70s? I'm not even sure. Um, I want to say 70s. I'm just judging by what he was wearing. I'm like, I pretty. Uh, Span of crimes, 78 to 91. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, my God. So says Wikipedia. (laughs) Dear Lord. There's been a an increasing number of people who are coming forward being being like, listen, this is basically re-traumatizing us about the worst thing that ever happened to our family. Yeah. And now it's become a water cooler talk, you know, for everyone. And I never really thought about it that way, although it's very obvious. Yeah. I mean, I watched all the Ted Bundy stuff and I was really into true crime for a bit there, uh, listening to uh, tons of podcasts about it. It just fascinated me. Yeah. And it's... You are not alone there. And it's not entertainment. I think that that's the main thing here is like this isn't entertainment, but it is now. Well, yeah, it, it, I, I would say it very much is entertainment, yes. much to the dis- dismay of the people for whom it's not entertainment. Right. Because, I mean, undoubtedly, a lot of these pieces have to take liberties with what happened and re-dramatize things and, and do things like that are yeah. 100% what happens. And then also just bringing up these things that these people have had to leave in the past 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Yeah. And now here it is again and now everybody's talking about it. And it's not, I mean, I, who knows, but my feeling with this type of stuff is it's not really made to get the story out there. It's made to make a good piece of media that potentially yeah. can inform people about some of the things that happen. But again, there are documentaries about Jeffrey Dahmer that are done really, yeah. really well, really informative um, and deep. Well, and I will say this, the Jeffrey Dahmer show that just came out, like Monster, mm-hmm. is very much not about glorifying or like highlighting Jeffrey Dahmer and what he did. It's much more about the failure of the system ah. and like where the system failed these victims and, yeah. and whatnot. Like there's thing like there was, I believe um, I'm 
recalling a lot of this secondhand from what my wife has told me. So yeah. forgive my inaccuracies. <laughs> yeah. But there's things where, you know, uh, one of the kids that he killed escaped, mm-hmm. uh, found the police and the police brought it back to him. Yes. Which I, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's like, yeah, there's like things about like, it's more about how did the system fail so immensely to allow him to keep killing for so long. Right. Um, right. Which like is an interesting take, but like. And it's important, but. Probably not so interesting if you're, you know, if you're a member of one of the families of one of the victims who has suddenly had this tragic part of your life thrust back into the limelight, you know, like that's, that's no good. Right. And the thing that really got me was that apparently because it's all in public domain, they are in no way required to notify any of these victims that um, there's a show being made about this. Or that like you're being played by X person, mm-hmm. you know, in in the show, which I think is really the biggest, like my biggest concern about this whole situation. Yeah. Like, are you what? That's ridiculous. That's so insane to me. I mean, there's conversations all the time around people being like, oh, well, you have to, you know, sign. You can sell your life rights to you know, the Hallmark channel and the movie of the week made you, you know, like how is that not apply to people who had their families like destroyed? Right. Like that just seems insane to me. Like you should at least have to get a sign off on it. Or just the courtesy of being like, Hey, this is coming. Courtesy. I like, you know, imagine if like you had this tragedy in your life and people just called you up every, and it's like, Hey, by the way, we're making a movie of you. I'm like, I'd be like, no, yeah, no, Stop. No. Like you want me to you want this to now become something that people just talk about for weeks and weeks and weeks because like they think it's and I think that's the other thing too. When it comes out on Netflix, the amount of people who see it that actually take this as what it is and aren't just like, oh, this is another true crime thing that I can just enjoy for entertainment. Like most people I'm making a generalization, a lot of people are watching this for the only purpose of it's something to watch. And that's yeah. not what this should be. This should be like, like learn about this horrific thing. Not like, yeah. let's, oh my God, the new Evan Peters, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer series is out. Let's go binge it all. Like that's the exact opposite of what this should be yeah. because people are taking it. Like even with the Ted Bundy stuff with Zac Efron, I'm like, I, I people were just like gushing over that. And I'm like, yes, yeah, but it's pretty gross. Like this is really not something yeah. that we should be. And they're not glorifying like, Ted Bundy or anything, but the fact that people are so into this and like, you know, laughing about it and it's not something that should be taken as cavalier. Yeah, like it's, it's a weird thing. Cause it's like, yeah, like glorifying is not the word. No. They're not glorifying. No, them, but like, they're still putting this on a pedestal. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like you're not supposed to root for Jeffrey Dahmer. No, but like you're supposed to hate him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like in that, within that engage in the show and be like, I mean, like the level to which it's like, oh my God, did you see how well Evan Peters played this? Right. Or can you believe how good Jeff or how good um, Zac Efron was as Ted Bundy? Yeah. Like there's, it's not glory, but there's like a positive side to that. That I can't like, I don't know how to word it exactly, but you know, it's. Yeah. And I, I think that people disassociate and they're like, yeah. this is more of an entertainment. Because I used to listen to true crime stuff 
as entertainment, not because I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm taking notes and I want to learn about. I was just like, oh, this is crazy. And that's yeah. really not. And it's partially because the people I'm listening to, a lot of these podcasters are like, they're doing it in like an entertaining way and they're not doing yeah. it as like a, this is the cold hard facts, you know, and this is awful. It's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just, it's become its own industry. And I think that I'm glad people are speaking up about this because I really didn't think about it in this way. I'm like, most of these people, like their victims are gone or whatever. And so you don't really necessarily, yeah, yeah, it doesn't come to the top of mind. But when you hear people going like, this is destroying me because I now have to relive this thing over and over again. And people will talk about this. If it's good, people will talk about it for months, years. Yeah, well, and (laughs) and then there's the whole level of the population that like we we you and i consume this stuff passively yeah but there are people that are like oh my god i gotta like find this person i want to like hear more about this oh my god tell me about what like yeah and like that that's one of the things some of the articles that have been posting is you know they start getting calls yes they start getting like contacted and emailed and messaged and like all the and it's like that's that is what brings back your i mean i i'm not not to speak for them, but like that's yeah. the traumatizing. Right. Like, oh, tell me about him. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, you want me to go back? Like, it. it's a weird thing because this stuff isn't presented as fact. It is presented as quote unquote, like true crime. Yeah. But it's presented in the same style of so many things that are completely fiction. Yes. That your general viewer is going to. Yeah, like you said earlier, completely disassociate with it and be like, well, this is not real. Right. So it's fine. Right. Um, Especially when they're not, like our fictional shows like you that are about this yeah. exact thing that's fiction. Exactly. And I'm like, that's that's just like we're blurring the lines too much here. And if we stop like it's like these are real people. These are real oh. people. I think that's what it comes down to. Like, yeah. Crazy. And I don't know, man. I, I just I'm going to have to watch this just because, but like this kind of puts a new spin on the whole thing being like, this just isn't, is, is this doing more harm than it is doing good? And I was watching some of the the clips from it. It looks gorgeous, by the way, the way it was shot. It looks beautifully directed. It looks like film. I don't know if it is. I know, which I'm also like, it's got a great vibe to it. I don't know if you should have been doing that. I don't know if this is where you want the DP to be flexing his muscles or the colorist <laughs> to be flexing their muscles. Like this shouldn't be like a polished, beautiful, let's yeah. take this in as cinema entertainment type of thing. Like that's why I think those true crime like documentaries, like there was one called The Staircase, I believe, which was about look it up it's about this entire thing but there's like a yeah you probably know about it It was with uh colin firth right yes but there's like an actual documentary series about that case that i watched okay uh that's what you should be watching like if you want to know about this stuff watch that stuff because that will give you actual testimony actual footage actual like like actual people talking about this stuff in a real way and it's not going to be like, a, oh, this is a you know a reel for someone's, or this is like a, a, a movie for someone's reel, which a lot of this seems like. And when it's over-stylized, I'm just like, it, yeah. why? You know, it's not a work of art. It shouldn't be a work of art, in my opinion. Like, this should be yeah. just clinical. This should be, here are the facts, if anything. And so when I see it looking, like, really gorgeous, I'm like, oh. It looks <laughs> yeah. great, but, like, why? There's your, yeah, there's your, like glorifying exactly so 
I don't know. I mean, there's going to be no, there's no shortage of this stuff. I don't know if this discourse is going to make a dent in what Netflix, like I'm sure so many people tuned in to watch this. Like, I don't know what the numbers are, but yeah, I'm sure. I mean, if you love true crime and like millions and millions of people love true crime, it's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Did you watch the Zac Efron Ted Bundy thing? No. Very much this kind of stuff is not in my wheelhouse. Not in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I don't I don't care. It's good cuz it's yeah. like <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's like truly awful stuff. Uh yeah, I, I have a hard time. We've said this in in movies before. Um I have a hard time if they're like not good people. Yeah, as you should. You know, like success I have a hard time with succession because like they're all terrible people and I'm awful. like I don't know why I should care about these people. <laughs> yes. Um and that I get that same kind of thing when we get into like true crime stuff. I'm like, why would I care about this murderer? Like, right. he's a murderer. Totally. And the fact that true crime has become a pastime for people and not people who are yeah. like, oh, I need to figure out what happened. It's it's just like, this is pure entertainment. Yeah. I I can't subscribe to that. Um, and now hearing from the victims, I'm like, no one should be subscribing to this. And the fact that no one has to say anything to them. And the fact- it is. Sorry, it is good, I think, that this conversation is, like, reaching out further. Yeah. Because that's the kind of, like, there are, if there are, you know, X number of true crime fans. Yeah. Like, and it starts to be like, hey, they're, like, real people. That changes the conversation and that can slowly but surely, like, lead us to a better kind of place. Like, it's a good thing that this conversation is starting to get legs and they're not just suffering in silence. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we'll we'll see more of these. I'm I'm hoping to see some kind of a change, especially when they say like, quote unquote, with respect to all the victims involved. Before it's like, no, not at all. You didn't even contact them about yeah. this. Like that's just yeah. Fake. If you're not gonna contact them, like I, that, that to me is completely insane. That's insane. Like, come on, like they're human beings. Or change like, the names, like yeah, or like. Like, that's the thing is, like, if you're, well, we could reach out and tell them that, but they might ask us not to. And like, well, you know, right. Like, that needs to be early in your pre-production, you know. Yes. Like, let's get, like, rights to everything. Like, hmm, you have to acquire rights to stuff. That seems like basic filmmaking 101. Yeah. Um, But like, yeah, like, if this person doesn't sign off, then we find a way to tell the story around that person. Right. Right. That's a poor phrasing. Like without including that person, right. not like let's t- this person said no, let's make it about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Not what I'm saying. Um yes. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just we've hit the point of everything is entertainment and everything can be entertainment. I mean, like yeah. all the stuff that's I mean, Hulu had this whole rash of these influencers Hulu knocks and, this stuff out yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Like um, the dropout, I'm trying to think there's like so many of these ones, not about like murderers necessarily, but about these bad people who scam artists or whatever. And um, the one with uh, my brain is not turned on today. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Um, the, I think it's uh, the dropout. Uh, 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 the dropout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not glorifying, like we said, but it is shedding light on these people in a way that's like you're giving them a pedestal whether you think you are or not. You know, just by yeah. putting, making them the main character of something. And 
I don't know. It's what Martin Scorsese has been battling for years with all of his movies being like, these are bad people. Just because they're the main character does not mean that you should be like them, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think people don't get that, really. Not that people are going to go be Dahmer, but like they don't. There's a there's <laughs> hey, a disassociation. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. And I'll be curious to see how many more of these actually hit Netflix because there are no shortage of serial killers out there. So yeah, I can only assume if this does well. There's yeah, there's like a bunch of these that have come out that I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't feel like the best. I'm trying to think exactly what it was. There was one where it was like something happened in in like life and there was a netflix or a hulu movie about it mm-hmm. like two months later oh my god and i want to i don't think it was a school shooting but it was like Ooh. something in that kind of vein where yeah. it was just like whoa guys like what is happening here like these like people are still trying to process this like yeah i wish i could remember what it was but uh, yeah um yeah that's that's uh <laughs> not a great look y'all. it's not it's tough um but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, I think that'll do it for today, guys. Yeah. On that <laughs> uplifting note. Yeah, very. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's been a weird couple weeks for this type of things. I'm glad that like yeah. these conversations are happening though, because it's it's important. And I see. It, yeah. I mean, I like it when we get there on these. Sorry, I didn't mean. No, to that's know. fine. Um, um, I like it when we get to these points on on pixel splitters where it's like you know what like. This is more than just like, oh, my God, you know, franchises are everything or that. Oh, my God. Like, uh, you know, have you seen what the Barbie movie is going to look like? You know, <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Um, like there's actually these are actually conversations that need to be had to further the conversation. A hundred percent. And I'm glad that they're breaking through and people are also talking about this stuff because it's real. And the more we talk about it, the more people will start to think about it. And yeah. that's all we can hope for. Um, but. Without further ado here, should we roll on into our recommendations for this week? Sure. Because uh, <laughs> I wanted to go along with the theme of Don't Worry Darling and Troubled Productions, and so I thought it would be a fun idea to, for us to pick a movie that had a troubled production, but turns out to be a good movie in the end that we actually like. Or not a good movie, but yeah. a movie that we can recommend, you know? A movie <laughs> worth, yeah, recommending. Yeah. Um, there are so, so many of There's these. There's so so many. Most um, classic movies are like, oh, this was a shit show. And then it turns you're out to like, be oh, legendary. yeah, wow. Okay, it's chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, why don't you go first this week, Josh? Okay. Okay. There were so many to choose from. I was almost like, Jaws, but no, I don't want to do that. So I, I went with a more, um, a, new, a much newer movie because I really haven't gotten a lot to talk about this that much, um, especially in regard to what we're talking about here. And it's Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse, <laughs> which... Mm was a notoriously hard shoot because he, like David Fincher, is the guy who will do 80 takes to get the right thing. Yeah. And not just that, but he's spraying Robert Pattinson in the face with a fire hose for 80 takes. And so, like, there were moments on this set where Pattinson said that he's never come this close to assaulting a filmmaker before. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, "I I have so much respect for this guy, but... After six takes of me walking through a fire hose blasting in my face and me not getting any direction of what I need to do next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tough. Is tough. And it was very physically demanding. Um, and The Lighthouse is literally a movie uh, about a duo of lighthouse keepers in the 1800s, one portrayed by Robert Pattinson and then one portrayed by Willem Dafoe. 
uh, Defoe is playing basically like the seasoned lighthouse keeper and Robert Pattinson's there on contract. So he really hasn't done this before. And it is a wild movie. It's one of the more like twisted but fun movies you can watch. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely a Halloween type of movie. And it is just... Ooh, good reason to revisit. Yes. I like that. It is, yes. Um, it's beautifully shot. It's it's all in, like, square ratio, and it's shot in black and white, and it's really gorgeous, and, like, big practical sets like Robert Egg- or uh, Robert Eggers does. And it was shot in Nova Scotia, and I just can't... Like, watching the movie and knowing how badly they were feeling during it, it just heightens it that much more because you see him in these shots and you're like, no, that's actual pain he's in. <laughs> like he's yeah. actually not having a good time here. Um, and he even said, Pattinson even said that he's not a method actor and he's all, he's like, he's actually like not talked shit, but he's critiqued people for being method actors being like, sure. why do you need to do that? But he said on this shoot, he got blackout drunk and literally pissed himself on multiple occasions to just find himself in this situation. Sure. And you can tell this guy, like there was some, there's some stuff in here. And it's so funny because if you watch interviews with um, Robert Eggers, he seems like such a quiet, nice dude. And I think he is, but he gets what he wants on set. Yeah. And this is one of those things. It's the same thing with the Northmen where like, it was brutal. It sucked. Everybody had a bad time, but the movie is amazing. And that's just one of those things. Um, so yeah and it's not like uh david fincher movies where it's like well yes it's i'm we're doing 80 takes but we're sitting in a nice you know studio setting here right uh so so we're all so good bad. it's like yeah no they're they're oh yeah the woods. here we are out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> you're in you're like yeah, butt ass naked yeah <laughs> yeah um going again here we go here we go so yeah the lighthouse check it out it's it's a great movie i don't know where to find it actually let me just figure that out real quick uh paramount plus yeah and showtime so check it out uh there you go (laughs) what is your recommendation for this week willis well okay so i feel called out now but my recommendation for this week is jaws (laughs) and i made you go first because you're wearing a jaws t-shirt oh okay and i was like is he gonna do jaws i did have a backup in place but i'm glad i'm get to talk about jaws um one of the more jaws is (laughs) Jaws is one of the most quintessential movies in terms of like modern cinema. I feel like oh yeah, it is the first blockbuster, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was chaos. Yeah. I think it was something it was supposed to be 55 days. It went to 159. <laughs> it went, it was supposed to be 4 million. It ended up being like nine or 10. Um, uh, almost Titanic level. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg insisted on shooting it on the ocean, mm-hmm. which was insane. And he, all this crazy stuff. They like reshot the ending in like a water tank. And like, he didn't show up because he thought his crew was going to rebel again against him. Just like absolute endless chaos. Not the least of which is that like half of the reason that movie works is because of this chaos. Yeah. Because the sharks didn't work. Yeah. And like, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir to any like film nerd that's actually <laughs> listening to our podcast here, but like sharks didn't work. So like you barely ever see the sharks and that's what makes that movie terrifying. Yeah. So it's like, and it's amazing. Cause it's like, that's the start of Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. of Steven Spielberg. And like, they were like, well, no, he's done. He's never working again. Yeah, disaster. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because he really didn't know what he was doing. Like there's, there's, um, 
like accounts of, oh, he wanted to nail the tripod to the boat. And they're like, you can't do that. Everyone's going to hurl because you've on the water, you have to have an handheld. Like you can't do that. And he's like, oh, okay. Like it's stuff like that where you're like, write down that notes. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's Jaws. You come out of it and it's Jaws. Jaws. Like that's the (laughs) thing that's crazy. And like, it's really weird because I feel like, not to get all like youths on me now, but I feel like, (laughs) younger generations don't appreciate jaws anymore i have specifically been called out by people for liking jaws which i'm like what are you talking about what um but i mean like compared to a lot of stuff and we were saying earlier like yeah there's like people that like mcu is all they've ever known and like you you back that up to like stuff like jaws where it's like very much a movie of its time yeah you know like i suppose i can see where the argument comes from but it fucking jaws yeah like it is quintessential cinema and shut your mouth haters basically Um, shut your mouth yeah (laughs) yeah so i mean absolute chaos but like from chaos beauty um fucking jaws man yeah dude Everybody go look up Troubled Productions, go look up Waterworld, go look up Titanic. Like <laughs> I was thinking about Waterworld, but I was like, I don't know if I can recommend Waterworld. I feel like people are coming around on that movie recently. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm not going to make a judgment call, but it's um it's it's not it's chaos chaos. you can you can feel the chaos behind that movie. yeah basically Um, shooting on the water as is is hard poor idea (laughs) yes um all of waterworld sets got knocked out by a hurricane (laughs) that's you know and that was like in the middle of their production that was like when things were already going wrong right right Um, not good not good but waterworld not my recommendation nope jaws Jaws. my recommendation yes absolute classic and absolute Um, classic um Wow, Jaws in the Lighthouse. I mean, we're just nautical today, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Amazing. Well. All right. There we go. There um, we go. All right, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, people can find me on Twitter at JoshFuller33. Fuller is spelt with no E. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd at uh, Josh J. Fuller. Uh, Letterbox, you can see all of my daily watchings. And where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Willis Film uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Uh, my wife is about to leave for just under two weeks, so I will be watching all of the things uh, that she'll never watch with me. So check out my Letterboxd. <laughs> uh, and if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters. You can find us on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod. And you can find us on letterboxed at pixel splitters where you can find all of our recommendations including the lighthouse and jaws it's a good double feature honestly and it is a good double feature <laughs> and honestly two movies that i'm like kind of surprised weren't already on our list i know like we've definitely talked about them both but like at, at length, length yeah but never uh yeah uh wow crazy okay hell yeah all right good stuff well that'll do it um I kind of want to watch, go watch Jaws now. I know. I kind of want to go watch The Lighthouse. Now that you're like, oh, it's a kind of a Halloween thing, I'm like, yeah. We're almost in October. <sighs> it's going to be, as a, uh, this has nothing to do with the podcast, but I'm going to do my 31 days, 31 movies again in October. And this year, nice. I'm going to try and do 31 movies that I've never seen before. It's tough. Very tough. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies and 
we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's my <laughs> my doing the three new movies a week. I'm always like scrolling through stuff and I'm like, I could totally just watch this movie I've seen before right now. <laughs> I have two hours set in front of me to watch a movie and I could just knock out. I have it in my teeth. I really want to watch Air Force One. Okay. I don't know why, but I'm like, that's like top of my list for when my wife's gone. Is Air Force One. <laughs> hey. I cannot explain it at all. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. We'll see how my Wednesday goes. It's very possible. Instead of, we'll see how my Wednesday went. Uh, it's very possible that I watched Air Force One and not Blonde. <laughs> oh, man. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Uh, vibes on that okay yeah so we'll see how my see how my wednesday went i hear you i'll let i'll let y'all know uh in tuned in next week yes or in pictures next week. oh all right all right well, there it is there we go that'll be it that'll be it end of pod <laughs>